Bob Beasley is a pastor. He relates the story of three-year-old Rena. She, sat, she was sitting with her parents at a baptism, and she'd never seen a baptism before. And so she, when it happened, when the first person was baptized, she said, Mommy, Daddy, why they, why you push that man in the water? Why? And Rena's mother tried to explain briefly and quietly, but she wouldn't be satisfied at that time. So later that night, they had a further conversation with her, and they, they tried to explain things on a three-year-old level. You know, um, when we do bad things, we, we want to do better. We don't always want to do bad things. And when people decide to live for Jesus and do good, they want everyone to know. And that the water symbolizes Jesus washing people from sin. And when they come out clean, they want to do good. And so Rena responded with this question, why didn't Pastor Bob just spank him? Well, some of us would like to be good all the time without the spankings. But, of course, it never happens. This past week in our Transformation Journal groups, we looked at the the idea of purity. And we realized, probably again, that none of us is truly pure. That that's a goal towards which we can work but it, it doesn't happen, at least not for long periods of time. Even if all our actions are pure, we still would have secret confessions to make about our interior, our interior selfishness or pride or injustice or anger. In today's gospel, John the Baptist or John the Baptizer, as he is sometimes called, to remind us of what he was doing, is in the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is used as a literary reminder for us, as well as perhaps historical, but a literary reminder that when something comes out of the desert, it's important. Or in this case, when someone comes out of the desert, It's important. Moses came out of the desert. John here is coming out of the desert or the wilderness. We are supposed to take note of this man and his purpose. Part of his purpose, John tells us in the book of John, is is to remind us or tell us that he is not the light. Some people were thinking that He was the Messiah, but he is not the Messiah. He has come to show us the light. And then he directs our attention to Jesus of Nazareth, who also came out of the wilderness and into his ministry. Well, as followers of Jesus Christ, this Jesus, we believe that when we look at Jesus, we see God. Clearly, when we look closely at Jesus, we see a man who is so devoted to God that everything he did was godly. Through everyday actions, he expressed God's love and God's mercy and forgiveness. When we examine Jesus, we see a social and religious radical trying to equalize everyone just as the earth 
would be equalized if the mountains and hills were made low and the rough places a plain. Imagine heading out Apperson towards Salem and not seeing Fort Lewis Mountain. Imagine driving up 311 past Hanging Rock and you get that great view of the Catawba Valley. Well, imagine that that whole valley was lifted up. If you took out the trees and the buildings, you could see clearly in every direction the salvation of our God. Salvation, deliverance, protection, safety. It gleams at us from every direction. Well, It's pretty easy to, it's not easy, but it's easier to imagine this geographical terrain changing, perhaps, than it is to imagine the terrain within us changing, those rough places within us becoming smoothed out. What would we be like if that were to happen? What would be different about us if our crooked ways were made straight. Wouldn't that obliterate the obstacles that keep others from seeing God in us? You would hope. What if the gaps between how we are on the outside and how we are on the inside were filled in so that our motives and our actions were all good? It would make it others easier for others to see God. And that seems to be one of our greatest spiritual challenges, purity. Purity would be a wonderful virtue to attain. Well, we try again and again. Everything in life, it seems, is a cycle. Sometimes we do really well, and then sometimes we backslide for a while, and then we get better back and forth. There was a man who continually rededicated his life and always prayed the same prayer. The pastor heard it again and again. Lord, take the cobwebs out of my life. Finally, when the man uttered that prayer one more time into the pastor's ear at the altar, The pastor responded with a prayer of his own, Lord, kill the spider. (laughs) Prayers of confession and repentance are like killing the spider, allowing us to decrease that gap between our interior motives and our exterior actions. Now, we don't know Jesus in most thoughts, But his consistency of action suggests that he did what God wanted regardless of the consequences. And so somehow he had brought his, through God's help, had brought his interior will into the same level as God's 
exterior will, that which comes from God. When we sin, that good old word, when we sin, we disobey. We disobey God. We hurt our neighbors. We hurt ourselves. And when we do that and then ignore it, it's like digging a well and climbing in, hoping that hiding will help us to avoid all the negative consequences. Now, consciously we know that hiding is not going to help in the long term, but we do it anyway. One way we can hoist ourselves out is through confession and forgiveness. It's like God has this spiritual hydraulic lift that raises us back up to the level where there are no obstacles to our seeing the salvation of God and to others seeing the salvation of God within us. Leslie Newbigin was a long-term missionary to India. He wrote a book called Mission in Christ's Way. He wrote several books, but this, um, this illustration is from that. And he writes a little story about what repentance means as we're thinking about John in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Newbigin was visiting a village in the Madras area of India. There was no road into this particular village. You reached it by crossing a river. And you could do this either on the south side of the village or on the north side of the village. Well, the congregation was expecting him. And they decided that he was going to be coming in on the south side of the village. So they had prepared all kinds of things. Music, fireworks, garlands, fruit... Well, what happens? He comes to the north side. And so he um, found goats and chickens, and that was it. So someone had to go, they, they kind of put him aside. That's a big deal in this place when a missionary comes. So they kind of put him outside the village to wait. Somebody else runs from the north to the south and You can imagine what happens. Everybody turns around. They do this U-turn and they take their whole celebration so that they're facing the other way. And then Newbegin could duly appear. Well, this is the idea of repentance, the U-turn. The point, Newbegin says, is the reign of God, the salvation of God has drawn near. But you can't see it because you're looking the wrong way. You are expecting the wrong thing. What you think is God isn't God at all. You have to be, as Paul says, transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to go through a mental revolution. Otherwise, the reign of God will be totally hidden from you. The pure in heart shall see God. Well, once we can discover this for ourselves, it makes it easier for us to live it. 
for others to see and experience. There was a cartoon about a woman who was talking to her Bible study group, and she said, well, I haven't actually died to sin, but I did feel sort of faint once. It's scary that that's us sometimes. Gary Preston also tells a story from a faraway land. It's about a traveler making his way with a guide through the jungles of Burma, now Myanmar. They came to a shallow but wide river and waded through it to the other side. And when the traveler came out on the other side, numerous leeches had attached themselves to him on his torso and his legs. Well, the first instinct, probably like would be mine, was, you know, to pull them off, get them off of me. But the guide said, no, stop. Because pulling the leeches off would have left tiny pieces of them under his skin. Infection would set in. So, but he knew what to do. The best way, he said, to rid the body of the leeches was to bathe in a warm balsam bath for several minutes. This would soak the leeches, and soon they would release their hold on the man's body. Well, Gary Preston, who tells the story, points out that when we have been significantly injured by another person... We cannot simply yank that injury from ourselves and expect that all the bitterness, all the malice, all the emotion will all of a sudden be gone. Resentment still hides under the surface. The only way to become truly free of the offense and to forgive others is to bathe in a soothing bath of God's forgiveness of us. When we finally fathom the extent of God's love in Jesus Christ, forgiveness of others, of ourselves, perhaps even of God, is a natural outflow. Miroslav Volf claims that this complete And grace-filled forgiveness, the complete and grace-filled forgiveness of Jesus Christ is scandalous. Especially when we think of some of the world's vile offenders. And yet he proclaims it solemnly and proudly. Dr. Wolf teaches at Yale Divinity School and also there directs the Center for Faith and Culture. He's a former Croatian, and he immigrated to the U.S. over 15 years ago. Bob Abernathy uh, interviewed him on um, Religion and Ethics News Weekly a couple of years ago about the violence there and what has led him to where he is now. Referring to that violence in Serbia and Croatia in the early 90s, Wolf said, Once this occupation of my own country had taken place, I suddenly felt a surge of violence within me, and I was not sure exactly what I ought to do as a Christian. Well, I think, you know, there are different things for us, but 
We've all felt that surge of anger for something that somebody has done to us. What do we do as a Christian? He continues, at the very heart of the Christian tradition is this impulse that the enemy is there as a human being who needs to be embraced, who needs to be taken into the fold, who needs to be made from an enemy into a friend. Now, he speaks from personal example because he remembers how his older brother, when the brother was just six years old, was killed apparently by the carelessness of a Croatian soldier who was playing with him. It's tragic. And Wolf remembers early on how his parents told him how they never pressed any legal action against the soldier who killed their son. They never wanted to receive any recompense, which that young soldier had offered to do for them. They just forgave him. He says, everything in you cries for justice, for revenge. And yet somehow in the deep resources of your soul, a soul that was shaped by what God has done for us, you have the strength to forgive. C.S. Lewis said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. And the holidays, I think, exacerbate all the emotions that we might feel on a lower level in July or in March. But we come to December in the time of celebration when we're all supposed to be happy and joyful. Sometimes we're not. And sometimes it's because there are relationships that are not reconciled. In this season of reconciliation, then, who needs forgiveness from you? Or maybe you need to ask someone for forgiveness. I think Jesus calls us to be reconciled, to love the enemy, to forgive the enemy. Most of the things he did were pretty scandalous. To live like him is a way to purity. Here again, these words from Miroslav Wolf. In the deep resources of your soul, a soul that was shaped by what God has done for us, you have the strength to forgive. Let's pray together. God, your love is so full and so powerful as to be incomprehensible to us mere mortals. But we pray for a renewed touch of your spirit, which gives us power to reconcile, which gives us power to forgive and power to repent. 
to return to you with all our hearts. Thank you, God, for the gift of Jesus who brings us to your altar and offers us to you. We pray that we would surrender ourselves in his name. Amen.